Join me, if you will, in Matthew 21. And it's interesting that we are, um, one of the things that, that we talked about in the last couple of nights of the summit was the weaponry that God has, uh, has given believers to combat those spiritual attacks and, the, and the, the battles that we're in. And one of those weapons was the authority of the believer. And uh, writing an article for the newsletter that you're going to get next, soon, uh, I, I, I titled an article in that a few days ago, The Authority of the Believer. And uh, we talk about authority a lot. As a matter of fact, we don't always say it like that. I, if you're around kids a lot, I hear this when I'm just listening in. And kids are talking and some kid says something and they say, who made you my boss? <laughs> I'm sure none of us have ever said anything like that. But we've heard other people. And we've heard the saying, well, who died and put you in charge, right? And I mean... Uh, by what authority are you doing what you do? Who has the right for that? It's interesting that this morning, as we come to the middle of this chapter 21 of Matthew, that's the question before us, is the question of authority. Is, uh, and to kind of catch you up real quickly, this 21st chapter brings us to Jesus last the last time he's come to come into Jerusalem, Jesus knows that, the, that Calvary and that the cross are, are imminent. They're right before him. But as he enters Jerusalem this time, it is, it is everything but a defeat. It is a triumphant entry into Jerusalem with tremendous fanfare. Of, uh, he is riding a donkey and people are putting palm branches. They're laying their coats and, their, and the clothing and articles down at, for him to come in Jerusalem. And they're, ha- they're shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna to the son of David! Hosanna to the one who comes in the name of the highest! And verse 9 and verse 10 of chapter 21 tell us that all Jerusalem was affected by this. It wasn't something that came in on a side street. It was a, it was a main street event. And they were saying, what's happening? Who is this? Who is this that everybody's uh, worshiping and praising? So Jesus entered Jerusalem with quite a, 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 a noisy, a lot of fanfare. But then he proceeded to the temple And as he dismounted the donkey and went into the temple, it would be the last time he would go into the temple. Three years earlier, something's frying. That's not me, is it? Three years, something, I don't know. Just, never mind. Three years earlier, at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus had went into the temple, had cleansed the temple. Now, three years later, Jesus comes back hoping to see a change. But what, he, what, what he's greeted with in the temple is it's the same old stuff. It's, it's buying and selling and making a profit there on the people that have to do the exchange. It's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, uh, bad stuff done in the name of religion. And Jesus then clears the temple, turns over the tables of the money changers, and he, and he drives out those who are selling and buying. And it's a ruckus. And then Jesus leaves and goes to spend the night in Bethany. The next morning as he comes back, we looked a couple of weeks ago as he's coming back to Jerusalem now, four or five miles, maybe even seven miles back to Jerusalem is when he encounters a fig tree and that, that, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. This morning when we get to verse 23, 
we see Jesus going back into the temple. It's the day, it's the next day after the uh, entry and after the going into the temple and the cleansing in verse 23 of Matthew 21 says, and when he, when Jesus was coming to the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to Jesus as he was teaching. He was in the temple. There was, there were those gathered around him and he was teaching and they interrupted his teaching with this question. By what authority, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? How dare you come into Jerusalem and raise such a, and, and, and deceive the people? How dare you to come to the temple and proceed to disrupt everything that we've got organized? And you're interfering with the way that some people, the way they earn their living. Who told you you could do this? By what authority do you do this? Now, their question was a very good question. But, but as their track record is not a good track record as far as asking questions. Because as we look at this, it's very doubtful to me that the chief priests and the elders and the, and the leaders were asking Jesus this question about authority because they were looking for truth. I doubt that, don't you? Matter of fact, they already had their truth. Today we're living in a, in a world, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a culture where it seems that Pilate's question is what is truth is so applicable because it seems that everybody has their truth. And they're, and they're questions asked, but they're not asked to glean information or with an open mind. And these leaders asked Jesus, who told you you could do this? But they really weren't interested in the answer. All they were interested in was Jesus' answer, hoping that he would trip up so that they could find an excuse to execute him and to get him out of the way. They were just continually looking for a way. And, and God, God's plan, God has a plan. He's marching on. He, Jesus is not going to be executed because he trips up. He's going to be executed because he lays down his life as a sacrifice. It's not taken. He's given it for my sins and for yours. But their question to Jesus that day was, by whose authority? I looked up this word uh, authority and found some uh, interesting definitions. But we're not, not surprised though, right? Authority is the power to enforce laws, exact obedience, command, determine, or judge. Authority is one that is invested with this power, especially a government or a body of government officials. It's power assigned to another. It's authorization. It's authorization. This authority. Who gave you this authority? Who, who told you you to come in here and do this to us? Now, when they... Asked Jesus this question, again, a lot of the rabbinical way of teaching was by asking. And Jesus then says to them, well, I'll ask you one thing, and if you answer my question, then I will tell you by whose authority I do these things. So in verse 25, Jesus says, the baptism of John, John the Baptist. Where is it from? From heaven? Are of men. 
he asked them a question. And, uh, and he, he, by asking that question to them, uh, he is actually catching them in their own trap. He could have answered this. You know, I, I look at this, and I, I thought, man, you, 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 he could have told them. But again, they weren't interested in it. But we look at several scriptures in Matthew and in Mark and in John, and he could have told them. Jesus, when he, from, for three years, the authority with which he taught, the authority with which he commanded demon spirits and evil spirits and diseases, the authority that he, that he, the words that he spoke, it was different. Look in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 29, and we'll go through some other passages very quickly. It says, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In other words, it was different. Look in Matthew 18, 28, in a very familiar scripture. After his crucifixion and resurrection, as he was commissioning his disciples, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All power, all authority on, in heaven and on earth has been given into Jesus Christ. And that authority has never been abdicated. It's never been turned over to anything else or someone else. And it's never been taken by force, not by all the demons of hell. All authority, all power is in his hands. And he could have told them that. He could have said that to them. Look in Mark chapter 1, verse 27. It says, and they were all amazed. And they questioned among themselves, said, what, what, what is this? For even the unclean spirits have to obey him. They have to obey him. John chapter 5, verse 26 and 27 says, for the father hath life as the father has life in himself. Now look at this. So as he, has he given to the son. Who's the son? Jesus. Who's the father? God. God has given to Jesus to have life in himself and has given him. Who's him? Jesus. Authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of God. Jesus could have said, with all the authority of heaven, with all the authority of earth, Matter of fact, he tells, just it'll be just a few hours when he will tell one of the questioners, one of the, the, those that were questioning him, they, 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 told, he, they said, who's authority? Why are you doing this? He said, the only authority you have is what God allows you because God is in control. Jesus could say, I'm in control. God's in control here. But instead, he asked them a question and it catches them in their own trap because scripture says, now they're, now they're reasoning. I can see them huddling together. Jesus said the baptism of John. Was it from, from God or was it of man? And they reasoned, verse, uh, verse 25 says, and they reasoned with themselves. Now, there's a lot to be said for reasoning, but reasoning with yourself to me is like, uh, that's, that's, not, that's not the brightest, I mean, that's not, that's not consulting wisdom necessarily. Uh, and, and this was their reasoning though. If we say from heaven, then he's going to say, well, then why didn't you believe John? John came preaching repentance of sin in preparation for the Messiah that was here, that had come. And if we say from heaven, he's going to say, well, then why didn't you believe him? And then in verse 25, they said, but if we say of men, man, the people will stone us to death. For they, they, they were convinced that John was a prophet. And you got to remember, this is taking place 
They've interrupted a teaching as Jesus was teaching in the temple. There's a group around that's gathered to listen to this, to this, to Jesus teach with authority. They've interrupted it with this question. Who told you you come here? Who gave you the right to do it? And now Jesus just said, okay, I'll tell you, but you tell me first, who's John authority? Was he from heaven or man? And they, they can't answer. And they, and they said, Jesus, we, we can't tell you. Today we would say they took the fifth, right? They didn't drink a fifth. They took the fifth. They, 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 they took, they pleaded the fifth amendment. Well, if we answer you, we're going to incriminate ourselves. We're going to incriminate ourselves. This story reminded me, I, I read a, I read about two farmers um, up in Kentucky, up where they raise horses and horses are big. Well, there's some nice farms up there. If you've dri- driven through there, Lexington and Louisville, that area. And uh, some, these two farmers the farms were side by side, and, they, and they, they, they had this neighborly rivalry that had kind of gotten out of hand, okay? Uh, and, and what one would do, the other one would try to top. And so uh, one of them bought a racehorse, and the other one thought, hmm, I, that sounds good. I'll buy a racehorse. So they bought these two racehorses, and, and there was going to be a, a local race. They're called steeplechases. I don't, I don't know what that is, but there was, a, there was a local race, and these two farmers both entered their horses. And, of course, there was a lot of bragging rights and a lot of pride, but one of the farmers thought, I need an edge. The horses were both good, and he thought, I need an edge. So he decided, he went out, and he hired a professional jockey. So the day of the race came, and the race began, and sure enough, the farmer, here these, the farmer one with the the two farmers that had their horses, the horses were out in front, and the one with the jockey was right, at, right neck and neck. And as they made the last turn on the track, both the horses, uh, way out ahead, but the pressure, they stumbled and they fell, throwing the, the riders. Now, for first service, we had uh, Dennis and Denise. What's Dennis's? Mike, Mike, big Mike Ryan, Mike and Denise. And Mike was hunting in Wyoming, and the, going down a bank, and the horse stumbled rider riding in and stumbled and rolled on top of him. And uh, it was quite serious. So I was telling um, Denise and Ryan this morning, and Mike this morning, that Mike, the horse goes on the bottom. You're supposed to be on top. Phil, isn't that right? The rider is supposed to be on top. I mean, that's the way we like for this to work. Okay? So, so these two horses rounded the last turn, and here the, the, they both tumbled and the riders go throwing. But the professional jockey, being a professional, quickly got back up and mounted and crossed the finish line still in front of all the other horses. And he's, he rides up to wherever the, the owners are, and he rides up, big grin on his face, and he's expecting a congratulation. But instead, the farmer is just shaking his head and, and uh, angry. And, and the, the jockey said, what's wrong? What's wrong? He said, you still don't know. He said, no. He said, I understand. I felt, but he said, I got up. He said, I won the race. And the farmer said, yes, you won the race, but you was on the wrong horse. <laughs> So, so sometimes we're so quick when we stumble or fall, we're so quick to get back, back up that if we aren't careful, we may get on the wrong horse. And so these, these chief priests and these elders, were, were, they were to the point where they, they didn't want to get on the wrong horse. They said, we can't answer it. Now, what happens next is, is really, really interesting to me because Jesus said, well, I'm not going to tell you. By whose authority I do this? But, but look at verse 
28 through 32, and that's really just a focal point for the next few minutes. And Jesus said, verse 28, I've never noticed this before, but what thank ye? Now, that's King James. Who's got another translation there? What does it say? Huh? What do you think? All right. They, I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're squirming. They were, they were wanting to put Jesus on the spot. Instead, they're on the hot seat. They can't answer him. And Jesus said, but, but let me ask you, what do you think about this? All the people around, Jesus tells them this story. He said, there was a certain man who had two boys. And they come to the first and said, son, I need you to go work today in my vineyard. Now, I can, I can see this. Uh, maybe it was harvest season. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was early, early spring and, and, the, and the vines had to be pruned and they have to be pruned in a time that quickly when they, before the sap begins to rise. Maybe it was harvest season and the grapes were heavy and they had to be harvested before they lost the crop. I don't know. But for some reason, this father needed the help of his, of his son. And he comes to him and he says, I need your help. In verse 29, he answered and said, I will not. I will not. And he came to the second one, verse 30. He had another second boy. And he said to him, son, I need your help in the vineyard today. And he said, I'm going, dad. I love verse, 20, verse 30. It's interesting. He said, I go, sir. Sir is, a, is an interesting word. It's a word, the same word is translated in other places, Lord or, or Father. He recognized, I'm going, Father. But the problem was the one who said he would not go later repented and went. The one who said he would go did not go. So you got the picture. He, he comes to us. Now, I just want to tell you something. I'm reading this and I'm thinking, Neither one of these boys was something to brag about. <laughs> I brag on my son and I brag on my daughter. Uh, I'm just shaking. These are, these are two boys that are down south. If somebody answers to them, you'd say, well, bless your heart. <laughs> All right. And he, he asked them, and Jesus tells them the story. And then Jesus, to the, to the religious leaders, chief priests and the elders, he says, which of these two did the will of his father. Well, quickly, they didn't even have to confer. Quickly, they said the first one did. The first one. He said he wouldn't, but he did. That's the one who did the will of the father. It's not what he said he was going to do. Jesus didn't say which one of these was, was gung-ho and which one of these said he was going to do his father's will. That was the second one. But he didn't. The question was, who did the will of the father? Not who said he was going to do the will of the Father. Who did it? Well, that's a no-brainer. I can imagine they're sitting there thinking, we're getting off the hot seat with this. That's an that's a easy whew, Thank you. That's an easy one. The first one. Jesus' response to them, to me, is like a cold water slap in the face, sobering response. Look at what he says. This, we, one of our upward games, basketball games, uh, last week, I was sitting on a bench, and one of the, one of the pain boys who's in high school now, and he played upward, and, and the score got real tied. It really, really. And he looked at me, and he said, this is getting exciting now. This is getting exciting now. Look at this. They said the first one. And Jesus says in verse 31, verily I say unto you. In other words, he said, listen. Listen to me now. 
that the publicans and the harlots are the prostitutes. Go into the kingdom of God before you do. Oh, my goodness alive. These are the leaders. These are the religious leaders. People all around. I can imagine faces getting angry, hot, red from here up. There may have been some gas from those around. <gasps> Did he really say that? Publicans were hated. They were, they were Jews that worked for the Romans collecting tax money from the other Jews. And the Romans gave them authority to get as much as you can and keep, we just want you to pay us this amount, you can keep anything up and get above that. They were hated. You didn't invite a publican to eat out in public, and you didn't take them to the restaurant, man. Nobody liked them. And the prostitutes, these two groups of people, and Jesus sits there and tells and has the audacity to say that these publicans, these hated publicans, and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God before you? And then he tells them why. He says, because John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. But the publicans and the prostitutes believed him. And when you saw it, you didn't even repent afterwards so that you could believe. Wow. I just want to tell you, I've read this scripture. I've read it. I've read this story many, many, many times. Um, but, but the last week or longer, it's almost, I, this, this story is... Uh, I can't get away from it. Somebody said that, that a good parable is like looking through a window. That a good parable, as we look through it, we see things differently on the other side. And if we keep looking, oftentimes we see our own reflection in the window and in the parable. It sounds... To me, as if Jesus is, I'm like Columbo, I got something right here. If it sounds to me as if Jesus is really, really, really saying, it's not so much talking the talk as it is walking the walk, right? Jesus said, here was his second son. He said all the right things, but he didn't obey. And Jesus could have easily said to these religious leaders, you're saying the right stuff. You're telling these people how much you love God. You're telling them how, how, how rigorously you seek to obey God's rules and God's laws. You're doing all these things. You're saying all these things, but what you do does not match up with what he requires. Many people, if not most people today, when you ask them, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? A lot of times I'll ask someone, are, 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 you, know, are you saved? And they say, oh, I'm a Christian. When I, and sometimes I'll say, what does that mean to you? 
That's, that's great. What does that mean to you? And a lot of times they'll, they'll start talking about what they believe. Well, a Christian to me, it's, it's a, and they'll regulate it to a philosophy or a, a um, philosophy of life. How do we handle life, death, uh, eternity, the universe, all these things? And sometimes if they've been in a church a long time, they, they can start telling you, well, it's this. Matter of fact, they could say, well, I, I believe that, you know, like we could look at our statement of faith. They could, if they're from the house of prayer, they could say, well, I believe that the Bible is God's word. It's true. I believe that, the, that, that there's one God and, 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 and he's eternally existent in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they could say, I, I, I believe that Jesus Christ is, was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross and that he was buried, and that he was, uh, rose again from the dead, and he's gone back to the Father. To, uh, that's, I believe that, and he's coming again. Did you know you can say all that? You can say all that. But if your life, if your walk is not in agreement with what God requires, you're in the same situation as those religious leaders and Pharisees. And I just got uncomfortable looking at this and thinking, Where am I, what's my reflection? Jesus. When have, you, when have you spoken to me? When have you asked me to, to go in your vineyard? When have you asked me to go prune? When have you asked me to go harvest? When have you asked me to go put some fertilizer around something? When have you asked me? And I was all gung-ho about it. I said, you betcha. You have the authority to ask me. And I know that. I know that. Who, you know, who has the authority to ask us to sacrifice? Who has the authority to ask us for, to get uncomfortable in our life? Who, asks, who dares ask us? We get comfortable. We work. We seek as people. We seek. I know. We seek to get comfortable. We want that comfort level. I want my feet up. I want, I want uh, you know, the, the snack right there, a little ice cream with milk on top of it until it just crystallizes, the remote control in one hand, all the bills paid, the dogs asleep, chickens on the roost, kids all saved and going to heaven, and I kick back and watch, you know, watch some, something on television. We want, we seek comfort. Who has the right to step into our life and tell us that we're in a spiritual battle and that there's eternal destiny is in the balance between other people all around us? Who has the right to do that? I'll tell you, it's Jesus Christ because he left glory. He left all, the, 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 all that heaven had to come to earth to put on flesh and blood, to die for my sins on the cross of Calvary so that I who, who deserved hell, so that I who had the wages of death on my life through his blood, through believing in him, could receive his righteousness. He has the right. He has the authority to come and say, I need you to do this. I need you to go there. Maybe he has the right. Uh, I had a, a, a good, good person asking me this morning, good man, and he said, Jerry, I've been asked to do something, and it's, and it's good. It's ministry. It's good. it's good. He said, what do I do? And he said, but I'm doing this, 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 this. And I said, you need, you need to know. It's, listen, it don't just, and, and please hear me, hear my heart. We can do a lot of, we can do good. There's nothing wrong with doing good. There's everything right with doing good. Scripture says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it's what? Wish it said something else, but it don't. It don't say it's a mistake. To him that knows to do good and does it not, it's a mistake. That would sound good. We'd write that today. To him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it's, it's a, it's a uh, different priority. No. It's sin. 
God's word has a way of, truth has a way of just zeroing in on us, you know? Zeroing right in on us. This man said, what do I do? I said, you need to pray and seek what God is saying for you to do. Because you're going to need that. But I said, listen, there's one, there's, one, there's one caveat. Are you willing to obey when he shows you? We're quick to say we will. Jesus is more in concern in what we do. I think, I think um, Bob Ayers passed this on to Pastor Jeff this morning after the first, first, first message, first service. It's from Agent Adrian Rogers' program this morning. What he does, is it life worth living? What is, is that what, what Adrian Rogers does? Yeah, I think. Quote, huh? Love worth finding, okay? Quote, Jesus didn't practice what he preached. He preached what he practiced. I loved it. I liked it. See, I could have spared you the last 30 minutes. <laughs> and I know it's over saying, Pastor, Pastor. He said it in 10 words. It took you to Jesus didn't practice what he preached. He preached what he practiced. And I think that's what he's saying to you and to me. It's not so much what we're preaching unless we're practicing before we preach. James 1.22 says it this way. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. What word is he talking about? Huh? Huh? The Word of God. The Word of God. How, how could we ever be deceived by listening to the Word of God? Well, he says, don't deceive yourselves. How can we deceive ourselves? By listening to God's Word. Ah! Ah! Because if we equate listening to God's Word without doing God's Word, then the Scripture says, James says, in your hearers only. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceives yourselves, but do what it says every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. It's, 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 it's my, not my prayer. It's a Sunday school teacher's prayer in the Sunday school classes. It's the, the, the choir as they sing the truth of the songs. We hear truth. We hear truth here at the House of Prayer. We've heard truth this past days in the Spiritual Warfare Summit, we've heard God's word truth, and, and you know, we've heard truth, and it's been documented by, uh, by the word of God. You know, they tell us something, but then they'll, they'll give us chapter and verse documenting it. This is the authority. It's God's word. It's God's word. So important. But if we stop at just hearing it, if we stop at just nodding our head and saying, I, I, I know that, and we don't do what it says, Jesus said to these religious leaders, hey, boys, the publicans and the prostitutes are way ahead of you because they've listened and they've repented and obeyed. Wow. What strong words. Let's pray. Father, you, you know, it's, uh, I, I know there's a lot of words that come out of my mouth, and I, I know that you warn us about that. I just, I guess I'm used to, I, I talk a lot, and I know that.
And Lord, I, I find myself real quick to, to give, again, to agree. And, and when I hear truth, especially your truth, to either say, that's absolutely right. Or, or if it's not, I go check it out. But before us this morning, with the question of authority, it's a question not only of hearing it, but doing it. And as Jesus, there in the temple, just a few hours before he would be uh, betrayed, and he would lay down his life as a, as a sacrifice for many, just a few hours before that, he's, he's, he's instilling and saying, your walk is what you do that needs to match the talk. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those who realize the authority and not only say they will, but they do. Follow me. Lord, that's my prayer. That's our prayer. Father, you know my heart as I've, uh, as, as, as I've prayed and preparing for this morning. One of the things that's been before me, seem like all the time, is are there those things that maybe somebody here, maybe at a time when they were, they were still in bondage or at a time when they weren't walking closer with you, but they, they heard you and they, and they made a commitment. Lord, I'll, I'll do that. If, Lord, if you'll just do this, I'll do that. I'll keep my word to you. I'll go. I'll do. I'll live. I'll be. That's what the uh, second son did. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll live. I'll be. But when everything calmed down and the storm was over, there's nowhere to be found. Lord, maybe there's, maybe you're speaking to hearts this morning or lives this morning. They're saying, oh me, that's, that's me. Maybe, and Lord, I'd ask this, don't, don't let anyone just respond ever to the words of jury health, never. Lord, that would be, no, that'd be insignificant. We need to respond to your truth. But Lord, if, as you speak in your Holy Spirit, as you speak, if there are those that, that are saying, oh, that's me, I need to repent. I know clearly what I told God I would do. I know clearly how I told God I would live. I know clearly those promises, those responses that I made. And I've not done it. God, I'm sorry. God, it's my prayer right now that your Holy Spirit would speak to a heart that's tender and not that's grown cold and calloused. And Lord, that would respond in repentance and say, forgive me, Father. Forgive me. Father, the other side of that story is there may be those here this morning that you've spoken to. Maybe there are those here this morning that you've spoken to about their salvation. And Lord, this morning as we went through this, it's become very apparent to them that being saved is more than just a different way of thinking. It's also a different way of living. And maybe this morning that your Holy Spirit is saying to them, hey, the first son said he wouldn't, but he repented and did. You've been rebelling. You've been, you've been resisting my Holy Spirit and what I'm doing in your life. 
But now it's time to get on with doing it and being it. If that's you this morning, maybe you just need to cry out and pray, God, I'm through pretending I'm going to be now who I've been claiming to be. I'm going to let my walk match my talk. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, come into my life. Live through me as I walk in this authority and power of a believer of Jesus Christ.